0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Swinging a drive, right field and deep. That goes Aquino. It's got a
1: chance gone.
0: Get out the tape measure, long gone. Fly the W! Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul
1: Crawley Gene. You are listening to the Fly the W 670 podcast. It is season two, episode 82, assessing the Cubs outfield. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. And to follow us on the socials, fly the W670 on Twitter, Instagram, and of course on Facebook, or email us at fly the W670 at gmail.com. Crowley, we are just about ready for first pitch in the
2: World Series. Hope you're having a good week. Yeah, you know, it's been um, you know, it was a surprising end to the NLCS. We'll get to that, but uh yeah, you know, it's you know, I think some people like to complain it's not the big marquee New York LA matchups. I just care what's the best baseball I'm going to see. And, and I wish other people would look at it that way as well, you know?
1: Well, I'll give it its chance. I have been uh, poo pooing the matchup. I will admit that. But part of that, Crowley, part of my poo pooing of the matchup is because of the Diamondbacks, right? I mean, we were potentially a uh, catch by the right fielder away. From potentially making the postseason, right, and keeping the snakes out of the postseason. I know we're going to assess the outfield in just a minute, but that's why I, in this situation, I'm usually always a National League guy. I don't think I can be pulling for the snakes, but we'll get to that in a minute. Let's uh let's assess the uh, outfield earlier in the week. We assess the infield. Now let's go into the Cubs outfield.
2: Yeah, you know, as as we're looking at these World Series teams and trying to evaluate that where the Cubs kind of line up. You know, the the thing is, is what are the areas of needs? And, and there's uh, obviously a big question uh, as far as the outfield is concerned is center field and what's going to happen. Um, when we look at each of these positions, Dustin, we used war wins above replacement. It's a stat that measures position players with their value for all facets of the game. How many more wins they're worth compared to a replacement level player? It it takes into account everything batting, base running, and fielding. That's why, you know, when you sit there and you take a look at when well, we did shortstop this last week, the last episode, you know, you you know, obviously Dansby Swanson is the best defender out of all the shortstops, but offensively he's worth a little less than other shortstops, and that's why the Cubs were fourth or fifth as opposed to first. So it kind of factors everything in. That's why it's a good stat to look at. And so when we look at left field, you know, in 2022 – We knew Ian Happ was going to be the everyday left fielder. We just didn't know for how long. It looked like Wilson, Contreras, and Ian were going to be traded in 2022, but neither were. And Ian was ready to start the season without an extension. But on April 12th, Ian and the Cubs agreed to a three-year, $61 million extension. And so that's going to solidify left field. Um, five different players are going to start at left field this season for the Cubs, but the majority is going to be Ian Happ. Ian started one hundred and fifty-four games at left. Christopher Morel four, Mike Talkman three, Patrick Wisdom two, and Nelson Velasquez got one start. So the Cubs ranked 7th out of 30th teams in the left field ba- left field position with a war of 3, which isn't bad, but that's down from last season when the Cubs were 3rd out of 30 with a war of 3.9. And the reason the Cubs dropped this season was that Ian Happ took a step back, both offensively and defensively. In 2022, Ian Happ had the best season of his career. He slashed 271, 342, 440 with 17 home runs and 72 RBIs. But the way that Ian played last year got him the all-star nod in 2022. And so the Cubs were definitely hoping to see some more of that. Unfortunately, in 2023, Ian slashed 248, 360, 431 with 20 home runs and 84 RBIs. His average was 30 points lower, lower this season. And his on-base and slugging stayed about the same. He's a guy that slugs or he gets on base pretty well. But but just seeing that average drop, I think, really hurt um, on defense, it was even he worse. He walks a 20- ton,
1: right? He, he walks a ton. That's where yeah. the slug comes for him, right?
2: Right. He walks a ton, and and as far as his home runs, they were relatively. He actually had more home runs this year than last year. The mm-hmm. issued, you know, when you look at it, it it's uh, seventeen last year and twenty one this year. It just was a matter of, of you know striking out a lot as well, and so you hope that you know. For me, I was always wondering. We, we question a lot why Ian was always batting third. It always seemed like maybe, you know, the Cubs really didn't have a bona fide leadoff hitter. And it seemed like, you know, Mike Talkman filled that role for a little bit. We're going to talk about Talkman, you know, shortly. But um, I think that, you know, I think it's just, I, I, I need a guy that can hit me 40 bombs, something like that, batting third. It just, you know, 30-40 bombs. I, I just feel like it's, you know, it was a lot of times where he had runners on base and kind of didn't come through. On defense, it was even worse. In 2022, Ian was fourth in outs above average with two and first in defensive runs saved amongst left fielders in the national league. Uh he was he won his first gold glove in left. Somehow he got nominated this year. We talked about this. He ranked 30th in outs above average. So 2022, he was fourth in outs above average. This year he was 30th. And last year in 2022, you know, he was seventh as far as DRS. And then this year he was negative seven. So it just wasn't a good year offensively or I mean, it was an okay year offensively. Again, hits weren't there as much. The average was down. But defensively, I took I think he took a step back and I'm still scratching my head as how he got nominated for a gold glove based on what I saw.
1: Right. We talked about that a few weeks back or a few episodes back. The fact that he was nominated again for the gold glove, but he, you know, he had really raised the bar awfully high. So that's why uh, we were looking at him to do a little bit more than he did. He was okay. My, my biggest issue is, is the third spot. I mean, if anything, if you were really pushing, I could even see him batting lead off because of the amount of walks he takes, but third is just crazy. I think.
2: I think what drove people nuts is that, you know, in general, baseball and, and the numbers come up, you want your best hitter to get as many at-bats as possible, and that's going to happen if he's batting third. And so every time – Well, when first, second end, or,
1: first, second, or third.
2: Right. right. But when you're thinking about more like the power numbers, you know what I mean? You, you, you really want a guy, a couple guys in front of you. You want him batting third. And I just cannot count the amount of times that, um, you know, the inning ended with Ian Happ looking at a pitch. And, you know, Cody Bellinger, who's hitting the lights out of the ball – is sitting there, you know, on deck and the innings ends. So that, that's what yep. drives me nuts. And like I said, he was literally the best left fielder last year as far as defensive runs saved. And this year he went down to seventh. Is that bad? No, but it's still a drop. And that's why um, it was kind of, to me, a frustrating year for Ian.
1: Yeah, definitely frustrating. No doubt about that. He is a, a good teammate with the uh, Bernstein at home show also on 670 The score. All right, let's move into center field. And hopefully there's not going to be a gaping hole in center field.
2: Well, when the Dodgers decided not to offer Cody Bellinger a contract in 2023, the Cubs took advantage. They signed a one-year prove-it deal, um, one year, 17.5 million, and it was a gamble that paid off handsomely for both sides. Cody Bellinger played the most games in first with 81, followed by Mike Talkman 64. Christopher Morel uh, played 10 games in center field. PCA is going to play three. Nelson Velasquez three, and Alexander Canario one. The Cubs ranked fifth out of 30 teams at the center field position with looking at the wins above replacement with a war of 4.1. And the main reason was the phenomenal season by Cody Bellinger, who bet on himself, and now it's going to pay off for him. Um, Cody slashed 307, 356, 525, with 26 home runs and 97 RBIs. Now, Dustin, you know, when he was playing center field, I mean, I talked about it, you know, Excessively, he was by far one of the best center fielders I've ever seen um, in my lifetime as a Cub fan. And, and as far as the defense is concerned, what a heck of a year offensively! Now, remember, Cody's going to get injured in May, and then Mike Talkman will be called up AAA and was able to help fill in while Bellinger was on the IL. He hit 355 in limited time in May, but then in June he dropped to 225. But Talkman really, you know, hit his stride with Bellinger in July. He hit 273 but then after july talkman's numbers dropped to 237 average in august and 229 in september. so i think talkman's one of those great fill in players but once he starts playing every day there he's going to get found out he's and and that's what he did he struggled in a lot of august and september. yeah
1: he he struggled when it mattered the most no doubt about that but he also had a couple of uh, brilliant plays did mike talkman that uh, really kept the uh, cubs in this thing.
2: and some clutch hits as well uh, but when you look at center field dustin you're going to laugh because last year the Cubs were twenty in 2022. The Cubs were 28th in all of baseball at center wow. field, wow. and they jumped all the way up to fifth because of Bellinger. So from That's 28th jump, yeah. to fifth in 2022, Christopher Morel, Rafael Ortega, Nelson Velasquez, Jason Hayward, Michael Hermosillo, Ian Happ, Patrick Wisdom, and Narciso Crook all played center. How many people could guess that many names in 2022? Right?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, if you said if you gave me, maybe I could get up to three. <laughs> probably maybe four, but yeah, that that's wild. In
2: 2023, top center field prospect Pete Crow Armstrong was called up on September 11th to play defense and run the bases. PCA appeared in 13 games, but Dustin, he only started three. He only finished two of those games, and so in nine of those games, he got one or less at bat. So he got 14 at bats total. So yeah. I think Cub fans are absolutely they, – they saw what they saw, which was – very high pressure situations, and the kid gets one at bat at game. You know how hard that is to do that. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And so, I yeah, I not not
1: nearly a big enough sample size, of course not.
2: No, but if the Cubs re-sign Cody Bellinger, which is big if at this point, I think it'll be a first baseman or possibly his left fielder if a trade is made. Who knows? But I think the center field position uh, belongs to PCA as far as the future is concerned. Um, there's going to be ups and downs, but the organization believes he's a star in the making. But you are going to need, you know, a couple of guys to help out to make sure that there's not that much weight put on the shoulders of PCA. Um, but, I, you know, I'm I'm going to dream about an outfield of PCA and Cody Bellinger in there. That would just be unreal.
1: All right. Uh, I like the idea. I'm not against it. So that means what? You're trading Ian Happen?
2: Yeah. All if right. that. And nobody's saying that's going to happen, but Ian Happ is, is a guy like, you know, like you said, he had, he had he puts up decent numbers. Um, he's a guy that uh, is very well liked in the clubhouse. He's been nominated for the Marvin Miller Man of the Year Award, um, all sorts of things. And so it's not a bad contract. It's a two-year contract left after this year. So uh, we'll see what happens. But for me... I, I really feel like, you know, if Cody Bellinger doesn't want to play first, maybe he can play left. Who knows? Maybe Ian can play first. Well, I there's, have no an idea. Interesting,
1: there's an interesting question, Crowley. Do you think that that is, if there's, there's something there, do you think that Cody Bellinger, you know, when and if he re-signs with the Cubs, do you think there is a little nugget about that I am a center fielder?
2: You know, I, I don't know if it has to be center fielder, but I think he'd prefer to play the outfield, you know? And right yep. now, with, with the season he had, he can kind of make those kind of he demands. Can dictate.
1: Yeah, he can yeah. dictate what he wants to do. All right, right field, Crowley. It seems to be pretty uh, nailed down moving forward, but definitely something we need to talk about.
2: Right. Remember, it's the middle of spring training in 2022 that the Cubs signed Seiya Suzuki as a free agent. As long as he's healthy, he's been the starting right Fielder in 130 games. Mike Talkman started in 10. Christopher Morel seven. Uh, you had Miles Mastrobani five. Patrick Wisdom, three, Trey Mancini, three games. Nelson Velasquez started three games and Alexander Canario started one. Um, as far as right field concerned, the Cubs ranked 10th out of 30 teams at right field when looking at the win above replacement stat with 2.9. That was better in 2022 than the Cubs ranked 18th out of 30 with a war of 1.4. So in 2022, Dustin, you had Suzuki, Nelson Velasquez, Jason Hayward, Rafael Ortega, Patrick Wisdom, Clint Frazier, oh, Narciso boy. Crook, Fran Miel Reyes, Jared Young, Alfonso Rivas, and Michael Hermosillo, all starting in center. So when we look at these, Dustin, when we looked at the infield and the outfield, it's funny to see some of those names in 2022 and realize how bad that team was, how, how it had absolutely no depth on that team.
1: Yeah, very very little depth and a, and a couple of names that uh, only a real diehard would even remember. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, in twenty 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 three, say got off to a slow start. He he showed up to spring training completely jacked up. If you remember, a lot mm-hmm. of muscle he put on, but he pulled an oblique and then he missed the WBC and all of spring training. So, Dustin, that's the second season in a row that he really truly hasn't had a spring training, and and it does make a difference. Uh, you know, you have to kind of get your reps in, and and you're not just going to start without doing that. And so I think he was rushed back because of the disaster that was happening on April, you know, in right field, he came back April 14th. And I don't know who decided that if this was Hoyer or Ross, but they decided to give starts to miles, master, Trey Mancini and Patrick wisdom, all no. infielders. And the you Trey know,
1: Mancini uh, one was the worst, the, the worst one. I think that, I think that really might've messed him up.
2: And I think that Nelson Velasquez, I never understood. He was a top outfield prospect. He started the same amount of games as Mancini and wisdom and less than miles, master Velasquez was called up on April 10th. He played one game on April 11th, went three for four with a grand slam, and didn't get another start and was optioned back to Iowa on April 15th. He was called back up on April 25th, started a couple games in left, right, and DHB board being sent to Iowa on May 8th. He would be traded to the Kansas City Royals in exchange for Jose Quas in August. But once he was called up by KC, he hit five home runs in August and nine in September. Would have been nice if the Cubs did, you know.
1: Of course he did. They they could've used a little bit pop, a little healthy, fresh legs, uh in uh, in that late uh, in that late September push, there's no doubt about that.
2: Right, and so when when, when Sia came back from his oblique, he hit 254 in April. Again, you knew he was going to start slow. Then 319 in May, before he went in an awful two month slump, hitting 177 in June and 240 in July, before David Ross benched him for the first couple games in August that would uh, prove to be a pivotal moment as Saya would turn it around he would hit 321 for august and carry the team in september hitting 370 in september but you know dustin as as we kind of look as at the outfield we know for, you know for the most part chances are ian happ is going to be back in left you're going to have Saya Suzuki in right and then the question is who's going to be manning in center field and i think if the cubs are going to take that next step forward if if they are going to be the team that makes it to the postseason instead of falling just short. It really has to be Ian Happ and Say Suzuki that are going to have to carry the load you know, the full season. These are the guys that you're building around. These are part of the core. We talked about Dansby Swanson. He's never been like a big offensive numbers guy. You know what I mean? Right. You you need to get that on. And, and, and Nico is a guy that's going to get on base and run some bases. But you need Ian Happ and Say Suzuki to provide the thunder. You need them to hit home runs, hit doubles, those type of things. And Ian has to get back to that all-star that he was in 2022 and a legit gold glover like he was in 2022. And they need Sia to be healthy for a full spring training and to be the player he was in August and September for the entire season. What you're looking at is that because of the bad start that the Cubs had, that's where David Ross can't have patience with guys like Nelson Velasquez because if a bunch of guys are struggling, you can't have a, a rookie in there struggling as well. You get know what I'm saying? Yep. You're, getting, you're getting, you, you need guys that are your your veterans to really provide that stability and give guys like PCA, give guys like Matt Mervis. These are guys that just weren't able to really develop like Nelson Velasquez because they, you know, you couldn't have that many guys not hitting in a lineup during, you know, at any stretch of the time, if you just have like one or two guys not hitting and everyone else is hitting fine, then it's okay. If, if, if uh, PCA is struggling in the plate, then it's okay. If Matt Mervis is struggling at the plate, but you can't have everybody struggling and then still have those guys in there as automatic outs.
1: No, absolutely not. You, you nailed that one. As you usually do Crowley, great assessment of the Cubs outfield. No
0: doubt. eBay motors is here for the ride. so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: This is the Fly the W670 podcast. It is episode number 82 of season two. We were just assessing the Cubs outfield. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. Crowley, let's go over a little uh, Cubs-related news and a little bit of uh, league news.
2: Yeah, you're taking a look here. As we talked about on the last episode, Dusty Baker has announced his retirement today on Thursday as we record this. As a manager, Dusty managed for 26 seasons. He finished seventh all-time in wins. He was a three-time manager of the year. He won three pennants and finally won the World Series in 2022. He is a surefire Hall of Famer. But for Cub fans, I think Dusty will be remembered for managing that 2003 team that came so close to winning another pennant um, for Dusty and, and the first since 1945 for the Cubs at the time. And it just fell apart. And I think for people like me, there, there, there are just bad memories associated with dusty. I know every baseball writer and whatever, love him to death. And he's a great interview and yada, 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 and all the, <laughs> you know, the, 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 things that come along, yada, the, da, all yada, the high da, praises, yada, yada. you know, I I get it. I guess for a guy like me, I'll always remember, like I said, McKean and out managing him in game six and game seven. And then that 2004, if you remember that team and just the awful collapse Uh, that that team went through and that was when Dusty Baker got in a fight with Steve Stone that's when Kent Merker called up to the press box Um, Steve Stone lost his job after that season and uh, so did Chip Carey and I I just always felt that Dusty didn't have control of the clubhouse I felt that uh, I felt that there you know it just he always blamed a lot of people Um, and when you're the manager the buck stops with you I'm sorry and yep. I don't feel that I never felt that Dusty took the guy. You know, it was just a lot of things that just drove me nuts. Um, whether it was you know pitching Mark Prior 135 pitches in a meaningless game, or whether it was you know God starting Nafy Perez every day, like just dumb things. I just right. it, it just went sour for me. And I was a guy that literally, literally had a in Dusty we trusty shirt, and mm. I still have it because I never get I never get rid of, of anything Cubs related. But that was about as close as I've ever come to burning Cubs memorabilia. <laughs> oh
1: Gosh, you got to try to drag that out for one of these episodes. We need I'll, to I'll drag it out. Trustee. That's, uh, that's I hilarious. Out yeah, I, I I mentioned that. I said, you know, I get that Dusty Baker is a Hall of Fame manager. I saw a stat today, Crowley, that Dusty Baker has been involved in, as a manager or a player, in 3% of every Major League Baseball game ever played.
2: Yeah, that's it's crazy. just crazy.
1: He's been around a long... Time No longer with the Cubs, Crowley, is Craig Breslow. He leaves the Cubs, and he is now in charge of the Red Sox.
2: Yep, we saw this coming. We had been reporting about it for a while, and Craig Breslow was named um, the new chief baseball officer. So he's number one in charge. That's their title for it. Um, you know, for the Cubs, it's president baseball ops, is Theo. Well, that's Breslow's position now. For the Cubs, Breslow was an assistant GM and senior vice president of pitching. We talked about all the great things that he had done as far as the pitching infrastructure, and it, it, it leaves a, a hole right now as far as the Cubs are concerned. And I don't know who fills it. I'm sure, you know, th- there's going to be a period of silence now. That's why there's a lot of news going on right now, because they don't want it happening during the World Series. But uh, hopefully Theo's got his Rolodex out and he's got somebody for the position that can do as good as Craig did because Craig was an impressive guy. And, and I think, you know, Boston really, I, I think he was their main target the entire time.
1: Well, you know, Jed brought in Carter Hawkins from Cleveland and Carter's background is pitching. So maybe that helps and will offset this loss a little bit. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Another uh, Cubs front office guy might be uh, moving about.
2: Dustin, this is killing me because um, John Morosi is reporting that the Mets have had discussions of hiring Dan Kantrovitz to oversee scouting and player development. Dan Kantrovitz has been on our podcast, friend of the pod. I, I, I think Dan is an ab. I think the world of Dan. I've seen him and what he's done with the Oakland A's and the St. Louis Cardinals, and now what he's done with the Cubs since 2020. The Cubs have just drafted fantastically under him 2020, 21, 22, 23. Um, it's, it, it's, I, I, the Breslow one I saw coming, the Kanchovitz, I did not. And you, you, like I said, you know, big daddy, Steve Cohen is going to be throwing the, those dollars around. And so, you know, David Stearns leaves Milwaukee, he heads over to New York and obviously Milwaukee and New York know each other, or Milwaukee and the Cubs know each other very well. And so I'm sure, you know, that was high on Stearns' list is to get Kanchovitz over there. Uh, also high on Stern's list, as we've talked about, I mentioned it before the season even started. Craig Council will be yeah, interviewing Craig-tober. for the Mets job.
1: Craig Tober moving over there. Mm-hmm. You
2: There's know,
1: a Timber is a Craig Tember because he doesn't really do much in October.
2: Well, here's the thing, Dustin is is, is you can you know as far as the Craig Tober or whatever you want to say it, this guy gets the best out of he 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 makes gasoline out of goat piss is the way I would put it. I mean, he <laughs> literally takes <laughs> he he literally takes teams. That, you know, that you sit there and you're like, oh, my God, like, how are these teams competing? And every year he puts it in there. And so he, here's the thing. And, and I saw this tweet today that was talking about, um, you know, the teams that have basically like every team that has made it to the World Series has gone through Milwaukee. Right. Is yep. that if, if you're looking some, at this, yeah, right six here,
1: degrees, six degrees of the Brewers,
0: right?
2: Right. Every team the Brewers have ever lost to in the postseason has gone on to play in the World Series. That's five times in the last six years and nine times in their 53 of their history. Six of those eights have won the World Series that far. But I think, you know, when we do talk about the NLCS and the ALCS, you know, it's 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 way random. It's way more random than a season. And so whether, you know, Craig Council is the best manager or the worst manager, throw it all out the door when that when that postseason starts, because you never know what's going to happen. Nobody oh, yeah. predicted Look at a this season. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah. Look at this season. I mean, come on. If you would have picked that matchup. You'd have picked that matchup before the season started. It wouldn't even matter who wins the World Series. You'd be uh, uh, lighting cigars with hundred dollar bills. So, yeah, un- uh, Cir- circus sports can, would have been paying. <laughs> yeah. Any anything anything is possible. Anything is possible. All right, Andy mm-hmm. Green. He might be on the move as well.
2: Yep, bench coach for the Cubs is interviewed for the Cleveland Guardians managerial job vacated when uh, Tito retired. Right, Terry Francona, and so. Andy Green is is a, a really solid manager and it doesn't surprise me. There's a lot there's gonna be a lot of job openings. We already know Dusty's gone, uh Francona's gone, New York uh has an opening. Padres
1: have Padres have an opening. Padres. That was kind of that was kind of odd, right? The uh Padres skipper black jumps ship, leaves the Padres and heads to the Giants.
2: Well, here's the thing, Dustin, and, and again, we talked about our friend Kevin from Palatine, you know, my buddy. I got and, an update
1: um, on that, by the way.
2: Oh God, here we go. And Finish so, that uh, thought and
1: then I'll give you the update.
2: Yeah, but, but here's the thing is that you can sit there and say, oh, just spend however you want. There are consequences, and it's not just financial. They're going to char- take away uh, draft picks. They're going to take away money for international free agents, the way that you keep your farm, farm system stocked. So take a look at what's going to happen with the Padres. They are going to try to shed salary, and that is one, that's one way to shed salary. you got a high-priced manager. You get rid of him. You get a guy that's a lot less, and it sounds like they're going with an internal candidate that's not going to cost them as much. Um, there's rumors already that the uh, Yankees are already all over Juan Soto. Uh, so you're gonna watch these guys start to um shed that salary. Could be,
1: that could be a bit of good news, okay? That could be, I, I don't see the Yankees landing Juan Soto and Cody Bellinger, so that could be a bit of good news.
2: Let's hope so. What do you got for Kevin?
1: Uh, Kevin called in, uh, heard us uh, chatting about him on the uh, Mully and Haw show, um, and saying that you know we wanted to talk to him, so he called in and he's uh. Happy to join the podcast. Got his phone number, so we just need to let him know. You know, we were kind of scrambling to get this one uh, recorded, so I didn't think it was the uh, the best one to try to shove it in. So uh, we'll find a date, though. He's a good dude.
2: Yeah, no, no. I, I think it's hilarious, and so it'd be funny to have his his opinion on these things. But um, one last bit of news. Andy Martinez, friend of the pod and beat writer for Marquee Sports, reports that Brad Boxberger and Cody Hewer are set to start throwing programs in November. You remember that? Uh, Boxberger had the dreaded right forearm strain that seemed to infect every cub that pitched this year. Right. And Cody Hewer was, you remember that was the one where he was coming back from Tommy Johnny through a pitch for the iCubs and it looked like his elbow exploded. It was a fracture mm-hmm. in his elbow, but he's going to be, um, resuming a pro- throwing program in November. So just all the best. To he was part of the and, deal
1: with the white Sox, right?
2: Yeah. With Nick, Mag- Nick magical. Yeah. Mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. Craig Kimbrell.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, who's well, probably not the go. most these popular are, guy in Philly right now. <laughs>
1: right. They, uh, they Cubs obviously are going to need some uh, bullpen help. Fulmer's going to be out all of next year. He's not going to be around. So hope to get these guys up healthy, and the Cubs are probably going to have to buy a couple guys and then figure out which guys are not going to start, which guys are going to throw in the bullpen. But all things that we can continue to talk about right here on the fly, the W670 podcast. You're listening to episode 82. It's season two, Assessing the Cubs Outfield. We did that a little bit earlier. And now, Crowley, I want to remind everybody to not forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. Hit us up with one of those five-star reviews. It's time to recap the NLCS. We recapped the ALCS last time. The Rangers are into the postseason. Talked about it a little bit. The D-backs are also in, but uh, an amazing way that they got there.
2: Yeah, you know, it really was shocking that, you know, the Diamondbacks were the last team to make in a postseason spot. They get in there and then they're, we we said they were hot, but so were the Phillies. And so when the Phillies jumped out to that 2-0 lead, I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know, they got this, no problem. And then when the D-backs came back to tie it in Arizona 2-2, when the Phillies won uh game six you're watching game six right and and you have this matchup between um marquee pitching matchup between Merrill Kelly and upcoming free agent Aaron Nola who everybody's buzzing about uh the D-backs you know when they lost game five and they have to go back to Philly down three two I'm thinking to myself there's no way the Phillies don't take this and you know right away in the second inning tommy fam and Lourdes Gurriel guriel hit solo home runs and avon longoria doubled the score alec thomas and the d-backs are up in game six three nothing the phillies brandon marsh singled the score jt real muto to make it three to one in the bottom of the second but kettle Marte would hit an rbi triple in the fifth and an rbi single in the seventh and arizona would win this one five to one and force a game seven nola went 4.1 innings gave up four runs on six hits two solo home runs Kelly pitched five innings of one-run ball, and Schwarber, Turner, Harper, and Castellanos were all 0 for 4. How about um, that?
1: I mean, poof. Boy, <clears throat> boy, those guys who were slugging early, they just like seemed like they forgot how to hit.
2: And it's hard to believe, Dustin, but the Phillies have been a franchise since 1883, and so the other night they played their first Game 7 in their history, while the Diamondbacks, who have been around only since 1998, are playing their second time. Uh, if you remember, they played in 2001 after 9 that World Series against the Yankees, and that Game 7 with the um, – do you remember who started the rally in that inning? Don't. That was Mark Grace mm. who helped start that rally, and uh, yeah. later on Luis Gonzalez was the one that drove yeah. in the winning Ooh, run. Yeah, Luis so. Gonzalez, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff. So in Game 7, Arizona's Brandon Fott took on Ranger Suarez of the Phillies. D-backs got on the board first when they put runners at the corners with one out, and Christian Walker grounded out to make it one nothing. Alec Bohm tied the game up for the Phillies when he hit a solo home run in the bottom of the second. The bottom of the fourth with one out, Alex Bohm walked, and Bryson and Stott doubled to put the Phillies up 2-1. to The Phillies loaded the bases with two outs, but Johan Rojas struck out to end the threat. And Dustin, that's one of those things, you, you know, God, game seven of the World Series, bases loaded two outs, and, and boy, would the Phillies end up regretting leaving those runners there on fourth. In the Oof. fourth, you know?
1: Yes, yes, they would. Yes, they would.
2: Because sure enough, right after that happens, you get that momentum shift. The D-backs would tie it up to t- in the top of the fifth on a Corbin Carroll single. He would then steal second and score on a Gabriel Moreno single as the Snakes retook the lead 3-2. to two. And then Carroll would hit a RBI sack fly in the seventh to make it 4-2. to two. And that's how the game would end in stunning fashion with the Diamondbacks headed to the World Series. Carroll would finish the game, Dustin, with three hits, two runs, two RBIs, and stole two bases. So he single handedly defeated the Phillies in their home park. But yeah, Kettle he had marked-
1: a really, He had a really nice series, yeah.
2: Kettle Marte was named the MVP, but Dustin, when I look at Carroll, that's what I think Cub fans are envisioning as far as PCA is concerned.
1: Your lips to God's ears. Yep. Mm -hmm. You you
2: look at the way that that guy just runs the bases with abandon. just how fast he is. And I think that, you know, with PCA, there's going to be a little bit of adjustment, but boy, oh boy, that's that when I saw that, that's all I kept thinking about is, you know, imagine PCA leading off and, and, and Nico second, you know, and, and, Boy, oh boy, you got something going there. Whenever whenever, whenever Carroll was getting on, it just felt like something was going to happen.
1: Yep, no doubt. He's an exciting, very, very exciting player. I don't know that uh, America is ready to gravitate to him, going back to what we talked about a little bit earlier in the pod about uh, not having the marquee matchups. I would have much rather watched Phillies against the Rangers than Diamondbacks against the Rangers. But uh, I will be watching, Crawley. So that leads us to it. We've got a World Series. Rangers Diamondback, Rangers a big favorite, minus 180, meaning you have to bet $180 to win $100 on them. Uh, Zach Gallon, Nate Evaldi is the uh, first game pitching matchups on Friday. You ready to predict uh, the series and who you're pulling for?
2: Oh boy, this is a tough one here, Dustin. Um, and, and and you know what? I talked, remember last time I talked about it, I said, Hey, you know, my pocketbook because Kyle Schwarber, so I'm gonna get my Kyle Schwarber tickets cheap, but then I completely forgot I'm hoping to go to Texas for opening day. So if Texas wins, that's gonna <laughs> cost me even more money, yeah. So, um, you know, it is just phenomenal that people are just so quick to dismiss the Diamondbacks after everything they've done. If you've looked at it, they went through Milwaukee went through the Dodgers and then the Phillies. I mean, those are some good teams. They've had some good pitching Texas, you know, going, you know, beating Tampa Bay, going through Baltimore, which was surprising and beating Houston. I think that we are in, I'm hoping at least that we are in for a great, great world series. Like I said, these are two teams that have fought their way tooth and nail to get there. You know, Texas lost the division right at the end of the season. I think last weekend of the season. And again, Arizona, the last to get in, and and here they are. Um, boy, I would say that if I'm taking a look at this, how, how many games do you think it's going, Dustin? Now, let's go there first. Six. Six, six. games. Mm-hmm. I think it's six games, two, and I'm going to say that the Rangers are going to take this four games to two, and MVP –
1: well, I didn't think that far ahead. Now, now you're pushing it. I didn't think that far.
2: Ahead. All right, we'll cover it next time. But I think four two, and I think it'll be the Rangers. But I would say Dolas Garcia is the guy that you know. I think the two guys that you got to look at are Dolas Garcia and and Cor- and Carroll as far as, Corbin Carroll as far as well Kettle Marte too. But man, yeah. there's good players here. That's the thing, you know.
1: All right, if you're betting on it, I would bet on the Diamondbacks. Obviously, it's been an underdog uh, playoffs this year. I would bet the Diamondbacks as far as betting would go. That's where my money would go because of the odds. That's the only reason. I do believe it's going to be the Rangers. It's going to be the Rangers in six. I'm pulling for the Rangers because the Diamondbacks were part of the reason that the uh, Cubs did not make the postseason. You see this stat, Crowley, that outside of the Chicago teams – the Diamondbacks were 76 and
2: 76. Wow. Uh, you you take out the
1: Cubs and the in the, in the, in the White Sox, 76 and 76 were the Diamondbacks.
2: So Chicago basically put Arizona in there. Uh huh. I would say more too, though, is I do have a lot of friends out in Arizona in the Mesa area and stuff like that. And I know a lot of them are very excited. They're Cub fans, but they're also Diamondback fans. When the Cubs play the Diamondbacks, they always root for the Cubs, but the Cubs are not in it. And Arizona is their either hometown or adopted hometown. Um, But all the great people that work around Sloan and the the different – what do we call it? Hot spots that I like to go to around there are really kind of pulling for Arizona. So, for that reason, that reason alone, I think you're, I, w- I want Arizona to win, but I do okay. think it's going to be Texas and six. That's a wrap. Don't
1: forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. Follow the socials, Fly the W on Facebook, Instagram. Of course, we're on Twitter, and you can email us at flythew670 at gmail.com. And you can watch us on YouTube by subscribing to the 670 to the score YouTube channel. And who knows? Maybe next episode, we'll have Kevin and Palatine on board.
2: (laughs) One can only wish. Even though we may not agree on everything, we both like to cheer. Go
0: Cubs! It's
1: all over.